Well, Friday morning began with a decree in the Pursley house. I talked to my wife, and she said, I want to go outside and experience nature today. I said, fantastic. So I rallied the boys, and I said, hey, guys, we're going outside today. And, and one of our kids loves the outdoors. He's like, all right. And the other one's like me, has an affinity for air conditioning and environments without bugs. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because mom wants to go outside. So we're going to go on an adventure, and we're going to go outside. Fine. And so we decided we would go to uh, Peninsula State Park, and we went to the park, and we decided to get our annual pass, even though we're halfway through August, why not? And then we walked up to the tower and hiked up the stairs, and there we were on top of the tower, and we saw the bay, and we saw some trees and a couple islands out in the distance, and I can see pictures like that anytime I want on the internet, but there we were right in front of us. And then we decided we would go down the ramp instead of the stairs. Since we took the stairs up to the top of the tower, we'd go down a different way. And there we were on the ramp. And I started to notice all these little holes in the wood where knots had fallen out of the wood. And I decided if I was going to be miserable, I'd share with my wife, who doesn't love the idea of heights, how all of these little knots had started to fall out of the boards. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, success. And then we got, we got to the bottom, of the bottom of the ramp. And she said, well, should we, uh, should we go or should we take a hike? And I looked at one of my kids, and he was fine with the idea of taking a hike. And then I looked at my other son. And he looked absolutely miserable. So I said, let's take a hike, you know, because you got to take these opportunities when you have them. And so we then decided we would hike the Eagle Trail. Now, I'm not sure if any of you have hiked the Eagle Trail or not at Peninsula State Park, but that was the Pursley adventure on Friday. And right as we were beginning, we saw this sign that said difficult hike or difficult trail. And we thought, nah, we're good. And so we started the hike, and the hike was wonderful, with the exception of almost twisting your ankle 47 times on the different roots that stick up in, in the path. But as we were moving along, we were constantly having to tell our kids, hey, slow down a little bit. Because they're at the age, if they bite it on a rock or they trip over one of the roots of the trees, and they twist their ankle and dislocate their knee, they hop up, and 15 seconds later, they're fine. I'm now 40 years old, and on the day I turned 40, parts of my body started hurting that I didn't even recognize I had before I was 40 years old. And so it's going to take me a little while longer if I trip on one of the tree roots that, than it's going to take them. And so I'm constantly having to tell them, slow down, because they're turning it into a race. And I would yell at them, hey, guys, you need to slow down. You need to be mindful of your mom. We have to be a little bit slower. And that's true because it's true. She was behind me. Now, she was a step behind me. And it's only because I wouldn't let her pass me. Chivalry's not dead with me. But I'm just letting you know that, guys, you got to slow down for your mom. And, of course, it was still constantly a race with the two of them over who was going to be in the lead. And I finally took one of them and said, hey, you got to hang back with your mom now. You're, we're over this. You won't listen. You're back with your mom. And then the other one was in front, and then he started going along. And then you look up, and all of a sudden, he decided like he was going to be Boy Scout of the Year or something, because I can barely see him on the trail. And I'm like, congratulations. You're now in the back. And then we're walking along, and it happened. I told him 87 times, slow down, watch what you're doing. And if you're a parent, you already know. You've told them 87 times, they ignore it. And then what happens? One of them bites it. 
just slips on a rock, falls on, falls on the trail, his legs all muddy. Brooke, my wife, she's like, are you okay? And I'm looking at him like, and that's why I've told you 87 times to slow down. And she looks at me like, really? I'm like, well, clearly the kid's okay. And you don't wait until he gets up. You strike when you have the opportunity. Otherwise, he's going to forget. Like once he's up, he can brush it off. While he's sitting there still on his butt from falling down, that's the time you remind him. You should have listened to the 87 warnings that I gave you along the way, and then you wouldn't be in this predicament. And so I decided, all right. And he looks at me and he says, Dad, the only reason I fell is because when I was in front, I was watching where I was going, but now that I'm behind you, I had to watch what you were doing. like, you come with me. <laughs> so we went up and we went in a little bit more of a pace and, and we left our, our other son and broke a, a few steps behind us. Constantly on that trail, I was saying, hey, stay together. And so often in life, this is a value that we talk about. It's a value, and when you think about one of the things that, that we do at church is we, we, celebrate, we celebrate marriage, we, we have weddings, and, and, and what's that? It's a commitment before God and before your family and friends that through great times and challenging times, that you're going to be by somebody's side for the rest of your life. That come what may, you are going to be there next to that person through thick and thin. We, we celebrate when we have a really strong friend group, people that really get us, people that we can do life with and that understand what we're thinking before we even say it. We can finish each other's sentences because we've developed those relationships. And, and it's, it's deeper than family in some regards or even the, the family dynamic. But sometimes in life, sometimes life pulls us apart. For families that for 18 years have raised a kid. And now all of a sudden it's time to send them off. To move them into a dorm room as they start college and start a whole new experience in life. And that can be a really bittersweet moment for the first kid. And then after that you recognize, hey, I really like this freedom. And you're kicking the last one out of the house. Like, have you thought about Hawaii? There's some great schools out in Hawaii. Get out of here and get as far away from us as you possibly can. Sometimes in, in a job environment, we, we, have to, we have to separate from that. And, and it has implications for, for how we're going to conduct ourselves. And today what we're going to see is we're going to see that, that people in the church had to separate to do what God had called them to do. If you have your phones or your tablets, I'd invite you to follow along with us this morning in the Bible app. It's a great resource, and you can find it in whatever app store you utilize. There are a number of great features within the Bible app. One of them is the events feature, and we use that every single week here at Lakeside. And so once you've installed the Bible app on your device, you can either and go into the events feature. You can either enable locations or type in Lakeside Community Church. Algoma will pop up. You can follow along with us that way. If you have a traditional Bible with you this morning, we're going to be in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. We've been walking through the book of Acts, and the first 12 chapters are really focused more on what God was doing through Peter. 
what God was doing through Peter's life. And last week as we wrapped up Acts chapter 12, we talked about the fact that this is kind of the turning point in the book of Acts. And for the first 12 chapters, we focus on the work that God has done through Peter primarily in Jerusalem. But now Saul, who's going to turn into Paul, Saul is going to take the main focus of the book of Acts moving from this point forward. And Saul, who's going to turn into Paul later in chapter 13 that we're going to see today, he now really becomes the focal point of what God's going to do as the gospel spreads, not just outside of Jerusalem, but to Gentiles across the world, as Saul is going to now be more of the central focus of the book of Acts and how God would utilize him to develop the church throughout that's what we're going to start to see today. If you're joining us via the stream, thanks so much for watching. My name is Brian. I'm part of the team here at Lakeside, and the verses will be available for you on the screen below as we look at Acts chapter 13, and we're going to start with verses 1 to 3 this morning where we read these words. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So right off the bat here, right off the bat, what we see is that God has called out Barnabas and Saul, and he set them apart for a different work that God is calling them to. And this is, this is the beauty of the church, that God has wired us all individually with unique talents and gifts to serve him. And we bring those talents and gifts together collectively as the church to operate more efficiently and more effectively. But when the church operates as it should, this is the beauty of the diversity that the church has to offer. That God brings us all together with our unique talents and individual gifts and abilities and we all utilize those for him. But God hasn't gifted us all with the same gifts. And God doesn't call us all to serve him in the exact same way. God calls us all to serve him. God has gifted every single person that has made the decision to follow him with a spiritual gift and with the unique talents and abilities that he's designed them to have. But God has given us all individual talents and, and gifts and abilities. And we are all called to utilize those for his glory. And he sets, apart, he sets apart Saul and Barnabas here for a work. And notice that that work is going to cause them to separate from other people. They're going to have to go in a different direction and do some different things. And how do they respond when God calls them out? What is the first thing that they do? They spend time fasting and praying. They make sure that they're, they're disciplined spiritually and they're asking God to, to bless them, to guide them, and to direct them. And this is what they do. They make sure that they are focused. And I would just encourage you, when God is calling you to do something really big, when you are, when you are trying to understand the direction that you should go, to make sure you implement these things in your, in your spiritual life. Fasting and, and prayer. And I recognize that not everybody, because of because of medical concerns, not every, perhaps medications or, or diabetes, not everybody is able to fast in the traditional sense where you would abstain from a meal and you would spend that time focusing on the fact that God sustains you and you would spend the time that you would regularly take to prepare food and to eat food instead in prayer and, and focused on God. And I recognize that, that 
that may not be possible for every single person. There are ways that you could fast in other ways if from food is not medically possible for you. But I would encourage you, especially when you're at a crossroads in life or you're facing uh, an enormous decision or God's calling you to do something, you're like, God, I don't know how you're going to pull that off through me. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do what you've called me to do, to really spend that time seeking after God. And the whole point is not to walk around looking hungry all the time or letting everybody know, yeah, I fasted today. Jesus says if you've done that, well, congrats, you've received your reward. Like it's, So it's really no good from that point forward. Make it a private thing that you do with God, but really seek his face and make sure you're inviting God into the equation and asking God to work through what he's called you to do and how he has gifted you. That's what Saul and Barnabas do as they're getting ready to be sent out. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And from there, they 